Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to yet another episode of the LSU Basketball Ball Cap. By God, I had to wake up early just to watch LSU look like garbage. That wasn't fun. Yep. As LSU falls to TCU on the road for their third loss in the last four... Oh, I'm sorry, what is it? No, fourth loss in the last five games. And yes, also third loss in the last four as LSU has hit a slump that is not great. Yes, Xavier Pinson is possibly part of it, but it's not all of it. Now, Pinson did play. Uh, he played uh, seven minutes, all of which were in the first half. He was on a minutes restriction. I don't understand why they didn't play him at all in the second half, uh, why they didn't try to split that, but I'm not the person who does those kinds of things, so I'm not going to really try and say much more on it. Instead, I'm going to talk about this whole game. And what a game it was. Not a great one, especially not for LSU. Uh, and you'll see why. So, let's start with the shooting. The shooting is what did us in. Like, I can just say that from the start. We didn't win this game, and we were not going to win this game because we couldn't hit a shot. We, we shot 24 of 65 from the field. That's 37%. Like, that's, that's really bad. Meanwhile, TCU was 27 of 55 from the field. That's 49%. That's incredibly good, especially against LSU. LSU does not allow teams to do that well from the field. Not normally. Um, but they were getting good shots. Like, they could drive inside pretty decently. Um, they had 32 points in the paint, as did LSU. Uh, they were shooting well from beyond the arc. Uh, well, I say well. That was well in the second half, not in the first. Um, yeah. If you look at the first half, uh, just all shots, that's really where it gets apparent because LSU shot 10 of 35 in the first half. Yeah, 29%. You cannot be shooting sub 30%. Just, that's not going to win you basketball games. TCU was 15 of 29, 52% from the field. And it explains a lot there, doesn't it? Uh, by the second half, LSU shot 14 of 30, 47%, and TCU shooting still quite well, 12 of 26. That's 46%. Like, you look at that and you're like, okay, it explains a lot, doesn't it? Because when you look at the split of the scoring between the first and the second half, we were down 9 at the half, and we scored, both teams scored 39 points in the second half. So that shooting is where you see the difference in the margin in this game. I mean, I have said this before, like, with LSU, they need to be with, they need to be in the game at halftime, and though it was like nine points and we've actually been around that deficit, I this is a thing that's gonna make very little sense, but it wasn't a normal nine points. There are different ways for nine to be nine points. And what I mean by that is, like, for example, it's you're down nine points, but you hit the last shot before the half. Or you're down nine points, but you are going in on a even a 5-0 run. So you have a lot of momentum. That's a good nine points. We weren't. No, at that time, TCU was on an 8-0 run. Or a 7-0 run, excuse me. Yeah. Apologies. Uh, they were on a 7-0 run at the end of the half. But yeah. Now for threes, eh, LSU was 6 of 19 from beyond the arc, so shooting just a hair under 
a third. Uh, TCU was not shooting well at all. 5 of 18, 28%. Although, if you actually break it down, it makes a little more sense. In the first half, LSU shot 3 of 9, so exactly one-third. And TCU was 1 for 10. In the second half, things changed a bit. LSU was 3 of 10. Of course, shoot a little bit more because you're down by a bunch. Um, TCU was 4 of 8. Shooting 50%, they were getting good threes and they were making them. For us, we'd actually get a, we had a couple of good looks, but they just wouldn't fall. And hey, it happens. Basketball is that kind of sport, but that's unfortunate. Uh, free throws. Let's talk about those. LSU did a fantastic job with their free throw shooting. 14 of 17, 82%. There were no late game uh, there were no fouls, by the way, in this game. You know, there were intentional, no technicals, uh, no none of those late game things. There was an intentional foul. Let me rephrase that. Um, when I say intentional, I don't count that one as intentional. I refuse to count that one as an intentional foul because eh, there are actually two on LSU. There are two intentional fouls on LSU. But like, eh, that's weird. Those those were weird circumstances. But yeah, so while LSU was shooting 14 of 17, TCU shot 18 of 27, so 67%, you know, two-thirds. In the first half, LSU shot 6 of 7 from the charity stripe. TCU was 7 of 12. And in the second half, LSU was 8 of 10 to TCU's 11 of 15. If you look at the total fouls, LSU had 22, TCU had 16. Uh, LSU had 11 fouls in both the first and second half. In the first half, TCU got called for 6, and in the second half, they got called for 10. And in fact, TCU uh, had LSU in the bonus with, like, not even 3 minutes into the first half. I mean, into the second half, excuse me. LSU was already in the bonus. Somehow, someway, TCU got in the double bonus before LSU did. Because we started doing stupid things. It happens. But it's annoying. And it really needs to stop. And we can always blame the officials for this, that, and the other thing, but it gets annoying at a point. And let me let me just get this thing squared away. I keep seeing it online, LSU Twitter, like, oh my god, the officiating is terrible. Yeah, it's kind of bad. Yeah, it's a little bit, uh, but you got to deal with it, and you just got to move on. The officiating didn't cost us this game. At all. It didn't. If you watched that game, you would know it. If you were watching that game and you if you watch that game and you think the officials were the main reason behind we, us losing or played a major role in it, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it and I very much disagree with it. Because we did enough to uh, make it so that we couldn't win that game. Like, there were a lot of other things. Uh, here's one. Rebounding. We didn't do a good job on the glass. Yeah. TCU won the glass 40-34. to They cleaned up on the defensive boards 27-18 there. LSU led offensive rebounds 16-13. to Now, it gets even worse when you do the splits. So first half, TCU dominated, dominated the boards 26-16. to 19-9 on the defensive boards. Both teams had seven offensive rebounds. In the second half, LSU actually got back a little bit. They only led 18-14. to And... It was 9-8 defensive, 9-6 offensive. Um, like, when you get out-rebounded by 10.5, that's not going to help you. 
that's really not going to help you, and it's going to cost you a game. And I don't care that it's the first half. you got to play well in both. You cannot just say, oh, okay, well, the first half doesn't matter as much as the second half. Because this was an example of a game where it did. Because we scored just as many points as TCU in the second, and we lost. Because we didn't score as many as them in the first. We've done this multiple times, where our first half not looking good cost us in the second. This is one of those things that's really concerning to me. Is that, oh, we're a second half team. If you don't look good in the first half, you can kill yourselves early. You can make it so that it's almost impossible to come back. You can make it so that the other team, they don't have to do as much to beat you. Because a reminder, all a team has to do in the second half is just not let you score more points than they did in the first. All they have to do is make sure that margin stays, you know, up, stays positive for them. Positive or even. Alright? Because then they can go in overtime. Like, ugh. It, it, it infuriates me when I see, like, yeah, we're a second half team. Because it almost makes me feel like we don't care about the first half. And I know we do, but we don't always play very well in the first half. In fact, we've looked terrible in the first halves this year, even in our non-conference schedule against, like, Texas State's a really very... That's an example that sticks out in my mind of we played terribly in the first half, and yes, we came back to beat them in the second half, but still, like, you can't keep getting away with it. And now that you're in conference play, and even then, this was non-conference, but still, you're not going to get away with it. It's just... Anyway, turnovers. We should talk about turnovers. Because TCU has a problem with turnovers. And uh, they actually kind of... They did a little better with it. So TCU led the game in turnovers. They turned the ball over 13 times. LSU turned it over 9 times. And, you know, LSU led points off of turnovers 20-12. to In the first half, TCU turned the ball over 7 times to LSU's 4. And LSU had... 11 points off of turnovers to only four for TCU. Uh, really good there. And then in the second half, it was much closer margin. It was six to five in favor of TCU and then nine to eight for LSU and points off. Um, yeah. Tur- turnovers started out being a major factor. Like early in the game, TCU kept turning the ball over, but then they just clamped down and stopped doing that. And it worked. That was one of the things we needed to do. And it's one of the things we've needed all season. We have to force turnovers in order to beat teams. And part of the reason for that is, and I got to say this, we went from being a damn good offense last year and Will Wade always being an offensive coach to, we don't have an offense. We don't have the shooters. It's terrible. And it's not sustainable basketball. And... Will Wade's been saying this since the Ohio game. That this is not sustainable. And look where we are now. It's almost as if he knows what he's talking about. And people were like, oh, don't complain about it. Don't complain about it. It's not just something we are complaining about or people are complaining about. It's a legitimate criticism of a team that does not look as good as it should and a team that is being carried by its defense. A team that 
does not play as well as it otherwise can because of one dude being out right now, it seems. It seems that Xavier Pinson is the biggest loss for this team. That without him on the court for several minutes a game, for like good majority of the game, LSU just is not as good a basketball team. And hey, that is how, that's how it is for a lot of teams. When you don't have your best player, you're not going to play as well. We saw that against Kentucky when we beat them. They weren't as good. It happens. But we genuinely look at points incompetent out there. We look like we don't know what we're doing on offense. That's not good. It needs to be fixed. I mean, yeah. Here's another problem we had in this game. We kept letting TCU go on these scoring runs early, and it kept pushing us out of the game. So, this game had three major TCU scoring runs, and then LSU had this one big scoring run that helped us get back into it. It didn't matter in the end, but still. Um, so, TCU. They had a 7-0 run. They were down 8-6. They went up 13-8. That took 3.05. That was in three minutes, five seconds. That was in the first half. You had another 7-0 run. They were down 24-23. They went up 30-24. That only took a minute 19. Then they had an 8-0 run. That was... Uh, they were up 31 to 29. They got up 38 to tw- uh, 39 to 29. That was a two minute 58 second run that uh, took down all of the rest of the time in the second half. I'm sorry, in the first half. Uh, so that was two minutes 18 in the first half, and then you know another 40 seconds in the second. Not exactly great for us. We had a terrible start to the second half. Um, and yeah. Then LSU got down 50 to 34. And then in four minutes, 37 seconds, we went on this incredible run. TCU couldn't hit a shot. We were doing a great job of, you know, forcing bad ones or getting some turnovers. And we got the game back. We were down 50 to 34. We go on a 15-2 run. We're down 52 to 49. And it looks like we could actually do this. But when we got that to that point, I was like, great. So how are we going to squander this? The reason for that is that I've watched this team in losses, and we've done this before, where this reminds me of both the Auburn game and the Alabama game. In the Auburn game, it wasn't as pronounced. We only got back within six, and then Auburn proceeded to run away with it. We got back into it against Bama. Bama would run away with it. Texas A&M, we we got back into it, and then we kept it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the pattern is with these kinds of weird momentum boosts and then just fizzle out, but it keeps happening. The closest we got in the second half was 55 to 54 when Brandon Murray hit a three. Immediately following that, uh, TCU went on a 5-0 run in 35 seconds and they just snatched all of the momentum back. They took everything back. They never went on another seven-plus-point run. They never really went on another run like that, but they kept the margin out of reach. They went on, like, I think there was one one 6-0 run that I found, but it wasn't like a 7-0 run, which, in my opinion, is a three-possession run. Because I don't count four-point plays as one possession. Possession is three points. Um, Yeah. That, That... That was quite annoying. Another thing 
that is uh, quite annoying. Oh, I don't know. Guys getting into stupid foul trouble. Guys getting into really stupid foul trouble. Eric Gaines had an offensive foul where he shoved a guy. He shoved a guy while driving to the basket. Yeah, like shoulder kind of extended. And I saw online someone saying, oh my god, it's a flop. When you shove your shoulder into a dude, you're going to get called. You're going to get called every single time. Because you can't do that. It's called a charge, and the motion of the official is roughly the same thing that Eric Gaines was doing. Pretty, sh- pretty sure, pretty sure you can't do that. Like, there were really stupid fouls. I'm talking like, I'm trying to think of what one of the better examples is. There were a couple of fouls we had on three-point attempts. Where we, we fouled TCU on threes. And it's like, really? What do you do? I think Mawani Wilkinson had one where it's like, TCU goes up for a three, and he just swats at the dude's hand as the ball's in the air. No, don't do that. Don't give them free throws, especially there. Gee, oh man. It's stupid fouls that come in bad situations. Those can cost you. But again, it was rebounding. It was just an inability to rebound. Missed shots. I mean, let's look at some of these field goal percentages. And first of all, uh, hats off to Darius Days. He actually had a double-double. He had 14 points and 12 rebounds. But like, you went 5 of 14 from the floor and you were 1 of 3 from 3-point land. So, you were 4 of 11 from shots inside the arc. How? This isn't the only time I've seen this. It's a constant theme. Where Darius Days, despite being very physical and very capable of being physical at the rim, cannot seem to finish at the rim. What happens a lot is that he's putting the ball up and it's just at the wrong angle. It's being contested a lot, I will say. A lot of the problems are that, like, you know, no team is stupid enough to just let Darius Days go to the rim uncontested. They're going to put a guy there. And they do that, they alter the shot, and they make it harder. But, like, it's got to get better. It's got to get a lot better than 4 of 11. Like, really. Um... Eric, Eric Gaines, one of three from beyond the arc. So you take that out from his field goal percentage, and he's three of seven. Got to drive inside. And again, for some of them, they're rim outs. Some of them, they're contested. And I get that. But when you drive inside, you need to be doing just a, just a tad bit better. It needs to be a little bit better. With Gaines, I understand how he gets there. Because sometimes he throws up a circus shot that goes in. And sometimes he throws up one where it's just... Oh, it's spinning and spinning and out. It gets really close. Those, I can understand. Sometimes he puts up a shot where it's like, What the heck are you doing, bro? Yeah, that wasn't going to work. Let's not do that, please. Okay. Oh, also, uh, there were multiple times during this game where LSU completely forgot how a shot clock worked. Just entirely 
forgot how a shot clock worked. We nearly got a shot clock violation on a shot that hit the front side of the rim. We got lucky that it hit the front side of the rim. So it was technically not a shot clock violation. It was either... Okay, that might have also been on them. I don't remember now. Now I'm questioning myself. I shouldn't do that. What I should say is this. We cannot be shooting 37% from the field if we want to win. It ain't going to work. It is not going to work. And one of... I did forget to mention that the guy that was killing us, the guy that killed us in the second half, his name is Charles O'Bannon on TCU. Dude had 19 points in this game, and 16 of them came in the second half. He didn't miss a shot. He was 5 of 5 from the field, and that was inclu- and that includes 3 for 3 from 3-point land, and he hit every one of his free throws. Dude was on fire in the second half. And he was the guy that just basically kept pushing the game away. Absolutely killed it out there. It was incredible watching him. It was like, oh. But yeah. Where was I? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. No, that's correct. I screwed up almost. Yeah. One last thing I got to say. We didn't hit a shot or a field goal. So a shot from the floor. The last two minutes, 54 seconds. If we're going to win basketball games in the future, we got to do better than that. You cannot be missing shots left and right, especially late in the game. It's not going to work. This team's better than that. I know that. We return to conference play on Tuesday when we face Ole Miss at home. Hopefully we can get another win. Uh, but it's 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 not going to be easy. You cannot think it's going to be easy. Don't know how uh, Pinson's going to be. Because it's been kind of concerning with that injury. But he'll, he'll likely play. But it'll probably be another minutes restriction. So, uh, yeah. That's really all I got to say there. I uh, I, th- I think this game is just kind of a little bad. And I hope we can learn from the mistakes of not being able to grab a rebound in the first half. Not being able to shoot in the first half. And basically not playing well in the first half. I'll figure out how to not do that again. Because, again... Just because you're it was like being a second half team is meaningless if in the first half you screw yourselves. So that's gonna do it for this episode of the LSU Basketball Ball Cap. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening to this. Um there will be an episode of okay, I'm trying to think of how things are gonna work this week, just because of the whole everything. Um yeah. So the way it's gonna work this week way it's looking to work this week is that there will be an episode of the LSU Flying Tigers podcast on Wednesday, as per the usual. Thursday, we'll have goal to go. Uh, That'll just be recapping the conference championship games. Um, Won't be talking Super Bowl prep yet, just because there's a whole week, and I don't want to do that until the week of the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, Thank you for listening. Share it with people that you think will enjoy this Uh, If you want to, Uh, links to my Twitter and my Instagram are going to be in the description of this. And by links, I mean my Twitter and Instagram handles. Um, So find me there if you want to. And until next time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the LSU Basketball Ball Cap. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. And until next time.
Bye-bye.